You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. I was thinking about coming up here as I'm sitting over there and thinking, oh, I got to raise this stand. Usually when I go to speak somewhere, I'm the tallest guy who's been there. And then I'm realizing, well, Doug Rogness is a pastor here. And, and here's Ben Bigowet, who showed me up on the basketball floor in HITs. I don't know if you realize the gift you guys have. He comes up here dressed all really nice, but this guy can do unfair things on a basketball court. Shouldn't be able to hit pull-up threes when you're that tall. It's, I'm really excited to be here at Triumph, by the way. I, I know quite a few of you. Stacia Harrington? I mean, that's fun. We grew up in Fergus Falls together. That's, I, sorry. I got to look at my manuscript, read what I have here. I am happy to be here. Um, in fact, I owe a lot to Triumph. My whole family does. I'm... I'm a brother uh, of two other brothers, there's three of us, and all three of us got married like right here. Right here. You guys have great women here at Triumph. <laughs> Am I going to get in trouble yet? Uh, thanks to Pastor Jeff Seaver for marrying us. It's fantastic. My in laws are over here today. Hi, guys. Welcome. Uh, my wife. The formerly known as Megan Matthews asked me, what, what are you going to preach on today? And I told her, Jesus. I hope that's okay. Uh, we're going to talk about Jesus today, but we're going to do so by following along what I was told I had to do. Uh, you guys have been working through the Psalms. This is the summer of Psalms here at Triumph, right? So I'm going to preach Jesus from the Psalms. And as you know, as Ben ratted me out, I'm a New Testament guy, so this is a big challenge for me. Uh, every year I read through and teach through the entire New Testament. I can't remember the last time I opened the Old Testament. Don't worry, I'm joking. <laughs> Don't worry. You can't read the New Testament without getting drawn back into the Old Testament, and specifically the Psalms. The Psalms are probably the most quoted or alluded to uh, book in the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, as they go back to the Old Testament, they're constantly going back to the Psalms. From Matthew to Revelation, the New Testament is full of the Psalms. The early church understood Jesus through the Psalms, and Jesus himself understood and told us to understand what he was doing for us through the Psalms. So despite my title as New Testament professor, it's not too much of a stretch to share from a psalm today, it won't be too much of a stretch when I fulfill my promise to my wife and preach Jesus to you today. Okay, our psalm today is Psalm 31. It's a bit of a long one. It's a classic psalm asking for deliverance and proclaiming hope and faith in God. Have you ever prayed for deliverance? We'll hear that in this psalm. Around here, it's, it's probably not going to be like the psalm where we're praying for deliverance from an enemy who's trying to capture us, maybe. More likely, we're praying for deliverance from suffering, from sickness, 
Emotionally, we felt trapped. We need to be delivered. Physically, we're getting sick. We want to be delivered from this. We get afflicted. We see our loved ones die. A few years ago, I preached right here at my Uncle Norman's funeral. We hope in the God of life. We sing about this God of life, but we still keep getting sick and we keep dying. And for many of us, this is the kind of deliverance we're praying for from God. Scripture teaches us to pray for God for such things. Of course, Jesus went around healing all the time, right? We hope in this God of life. So shouldn't we expect life, healing? That's why this psalm is so good, because we still suffer. We still get sick. We still get trapped inside. We look to God for help. When we pray to God for help, Psalm 31 gives us words to say. Now, we'll read the psalm in a little bit. Uh, Before we do, let's just get our historical context where this psalm's coming from a little bit. It's attributed to David, the Lord's anointed king. Probably not true of any of us today, anointed king. No. Uh, But this anointed king, he needs deliverance from very real enemies, as I said before, the kind that insult him, the kind that will mock him, the kind that want to capture him, beat him, kill him. Again, I doubt anyone here feels that kind of imminent pressure. Despite some differences in this psalm, though, as we go to read it, we can still see and resonate with the internal struggle the psalmist feels as he prays for deliverance. And we can still rest in the hope of deliverance this psalm promises to us as well. Okay, with that brief introduction in mind, I'll invite you to open your scriptures to Psalm 31. I believe it's going to be on the screen as well. Um, Hopefully you're comfortable with different translations. I think the screen will be the NIV. I'm going to be reading from the ESV. Both are good translations. Let's read together now Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they've hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul, and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You've set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Because of all my adversaries, I've become a reproach, especially to my neighbors and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I've been forgotten like one who is dead I've become like a broken vessel, for I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. 
but I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you, in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me when I was in a besieged city. I had said in my alarm, I'm cut off from your sight. But you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Now, this isn't really a a peaceful psalm, but it does proclaim peace. This is a pretty serious psalm, and you could get the feeling reading it that the the psalmist isn't just trying to write the next pop hit that everybody's going to want to sing, right? This isn't born out of a desire to be catchy or, or popular. This psalm is born out of personal anguish and desperation. There's suffering in here. This is serious stuff. And Psalm 31 can be this great, compelling example of the internal struggle any of us can face when we suffer, when we need deliverance. We can struggle and we find ourselves going back and forth between belief and doubt, hope and hopelessness, confidence and desperation. The psalm pleads with God to be faithful, and at the same time, it confidently praises God for his faithfulness. Psalm 2 cries out, be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. Right? The psalmist is asking for the Lord to do something for him he hasn't done yet. And then immediately, verse 3, he simply proclaims, for you are my rock and my fortress. You are my refuge. We see throughout this psalm, this this give and take, and and many of us have experienced this, like the psalmist proclaiming that God is faithful to deliver because deep down we're really actually just hoping that he will deliver us. We need him to deliver us because sometimes we find ourselves in this nasty place inside, this, this struggle inside where It doesn't necessarily seem true that God is going to actually hear our prayers. Have you ever sang out a song like, God is good and mighty to save, but still kind of wondered, but is that for me? You're not alone. There's a lot of suffering in this world. As many of you know, I doubt I need to tell you I literally just had a conversation this last week with a woman driving down my street in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. I'm out playing with the kids and doing some work, and 
She rolls down her window, says she used to live in this neighborhood. I come up and start chatting with her. She immediately tells me she's really depressed. She just needed to get out of the house. All her families died. (laughs) She's just driving through the neighborhood. She feels alone. She feels hopeless. It's not the conversation I expected when I was out in my yard and I see a car driving by. Pretty random. It's probably important for both her and me. It just reflected me that there's a lot of suffering in this world, right? It's pent up and a lot of people don't know what to do with it. Sometimes we're hopeful and we say the right things like verse 8 in our psalm. You have not delivered me into the hands of my enemy. But back and forth. Other times it's more like what it says right after that. Verses 9 and 10. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. Sometimes deliverance, sometimes suffering. What is it for you today? Has the Lord delivered you, or are you waiting? Are you in distress? If you resonate with both part of these, this psalm, you're not alone. The, the psalmist wrestled with this, many people after him, and most importantly, Jesus. Was this psalm true for Jesus? I told you I was going to get to Jesus today. Let's think about this. You can see the connections to Jesus throughout this psalm, right? Of course, he hated those who trusted worthless idols. Jesus called people to repent from a focus on this world all the time, and like 13 of our psalm, they schemed against him, right? They sought to take his life. Jesus himself prayed for deliverance. Do you remember this? Luke 22, 41 to 42. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And the cup wasn't removed. Like our psalm, he became an object of dread to his acquaintances. Those who saw him in the street fled from him. All his disciples left him. His enemies mocked him, Luke 22, 34 and on. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself if he's the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Do you think Jesus could resonate with this psalm? You bet he could. Do you think he was aware of this psalm as he hung on the cross? You know he was. He quoted from it. Did you catch that in in verse 5 of our psalm? Did it sound familiar? Into your hands I commit my spirit. 
This is one of the Psalms Jesus quoted as he hung on the cross. We can see him appealing to Psalm 22. We hear here the words of Psalm 31. And you kind of got to wonder, how did Jesus feel about the hope part of this Psalm? What was he thinking as he screams from the cross, into your hands I commit my spirit? Because when I read the Psalm, I think of that as committing my spirit in hope. Deliverance. What would you expect if you were there and you saw Jesus and he appeals to God in the words of this psalm? We might have thought in his righteousness, God would deliver this righteous one. We might have thought God would, in, in the words of the psalm, incline his ear to him and rescue him speedily. He'd be a rock and a refuge to save him. We might have thought the Lord would wondrously show his steadfast love to him. He would, he would hear the voice of pleas for mercy when he cried to him for help. That's the hope of the psalm, right? Doesn't the Lord preserve his faithful? Is this psalm actually a good psalm for us to hope in? Will this psalm not be fulfilled if we pray it? Was this psalm fulfilled for Jesus on the cross? Eventually it was, but there's more. Jesus prayed it, and then he went on to fulfill it in a way it's never been fulfilled for before. Jesus fulfilled this psalm by actually losing by going all the way to death in order to save others. His suffering and his death was all about suffering in our place for the wrong we've done, for the failure to do the good things we should do. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And by doing all of the things he did here, he completes, he fulfills the full salvation this psalmist was crying out for. And through his death and resurrection, he brings all who suffer now an eternal word of hope, full eternal salvation, deliverance. It came through suffering, and it came through patience. Jesus went through the mocking, the beating, the anguish, the praise for deliverance. Then at the end, he cried out in the words of this psalm, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he died with those prayers unanswered. He was buried in a tomb with those prayers unanswered. The tomb was sealed. The prayer was unanswered. And everyone who had heard him pray, everyone who had heard him cry out to God was left there with some pretty heavy thoughts on their minds. They went to bed that night. Jesus was dead. And they got up the next day, the day of worship, Sabbath. Do you think they could hear the words of Psalm 31 that day? Or was it too hard to hear from the word of God a message of hope? That night, they went to bed again, and Jesus was still dead. Did they know they were waiting? Or had they given up hope? This is just the way God planned it. 
This was God's plan to bring across a, a healing that's better than any single healing. This was God's plan to bring across a deliverance that nobody has ever felt before, right? He, he went into suffering as deeply as possible in order to bring a deliverance that nobody has ever known before for you forever. So if you cry out and you feel like God is too slow to answer, if you feel like doubt might overpower your heart because there's too much suffering, remember who we worship here, right? It's the guy who went through suffering as deeply as anyone has ever known it, deeper yet, and he rose again from the grave. It was God's plan to write the story this way, to make this your story. The full salvation this psalmist prays for is delivered to us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you're suffering, there's hope. And yes, it's really all about Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the crucified one and the risen one. And don't just look to him in order to know how to suffer nobly. Look to him as the one suffering for you as a gift. He did this to guarantee your salvation. He conquered the grave so that one day he might give you an indestructible life that'll never need to cry out to him anymore because that's his plan. The plan is that Jesus will come back. You know the story? Everyone who has died will be raised back to life. And he's going to give us new glorious bodies. There'll be no more sickness, no more death. He's going to wipe away every tear as he makes a new heaven and new earth. Let that be your story and your hope. That's good news. So in the words of Psalm 31, love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Amen. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we feel inside things that aren't always true. Our experience can betray the words we say of hope and faith. We repent of the times we fail to trust in you. Renew us this morning with the word of hope, the word of resurrection, the promised forgiveness and healing you bring to us in Jesus Christ. In part now, make us your new creation as we look forward to the day when you do come back, provide the full healing, and restore us all in a way we've never even known. As we look forward to that day in the name of Jesus, your son, amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect 
and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or, or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.